Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus. Stay chill or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's the podcast guy. Something I talked on on podcast. It's the Sutton Podcast. episode of Sutton United Talk Time on podcast. It's the Sutton Podcast. I'm your host Mike and joining me today we've got the head of the Sutton United Foundation, Bobby Childs. We're going to be finding out all about the work that the foundation does, behind the scenes stuff, the bits that we kind of know about but haven't paid probably much attention to the last few years because the on the pitch stuff has all been very very exciting. Don't forget you can help with costs to support the show with one-off donations or regular subscriptions by joining us on Patreon. If you want to know more, look for the Support Us page of the website, which is www.suttonpodcast.com, or drop me a message by email or at Sutton Podcast on any of the socials. A big thank you to everyone who supported the show in the past, and a very big thank you to all those who currently still are. So without much more ado, as they say, um, let's get to it. Okay, and joining me now is Bobby Charles from the Sutton United Foundation. Well, no, just Sutton United in general. Almost Mr. Sutton United. Hello, Bobby. How are you? Yeah, good morning, Mike. I'm very good. Thank you. Excellent. Excellent. Thanks for giving me some of your time. Um, you're, uh, you're one of those names and faces that, as I alluded to, seem to be around for a long, long time. Um, but for anyone who doesn't know you, can you tell us a little bit about um, your, your background, how you came to join Sutton? Um, and kind of uh, what, what your how you got first involved and what your role is. Um, I joined in Doz's first year, which I always have to recalculate. It was the year after Sutton got uh, relegated from the Conference South, and uh, I'd been at Lewis for a year and a bit, um, and we won the Conference South and uh, all got the sack. Uh, it's a long, boring story I won't go into, but the club didn't really want to go up, so uh, that was an odd one. So I had a bit of a disillusioned summer thinking, what's the point of all this? And then um, Doz, who I didn't know, rang my house and spoke to my wife, which was, you know, nobody does nowadays. No house phone never rings. And uh, she basically said, please take him away because he's getting on my nerves. So I did have a, I was due to meet him one night, but I was quite busy. I had sort of private clients. I did a bit of work for Sporting Chance, the addiction charity that uh, Tony Adams founded. I was there for 10 years. And um, I, uh, so I phoned him up and said, I can't make it. And he went, all right, sort of wrap on. And uh, I didn't hear from him for a few weeks. And then he rang back and it turned out he tried a, a young lad that uh, 
didn't have any injuries, so thought it was all right to sit in and read The Guardian. Um, so he couldn't part with him for very long. So I got involved with Dawes and got involved with Sutton United. And uh, I'd worked there before, because I worked for um, the old Wimbledon and uh, we used to play our reserve games there. So I knew the club quite well. And yeah, to be honest, I thought that it was all covered in brown. It really needed sprucing up. Um, the dugouts were miles from the halfway line. Yeah. And uh, anyway, I came and I really enjoyed pre-season, as we all do, because the sun's out and you can wear shorts and T-shirt. And then we got into the season and uh, I um, had a sort of a, not a few run-ins with Doz, but uh, obviously he's a, he's a bit of a maverick. And uh, anyway, long story, but we're still friends now. So <laughs> there was no, no harm done, but uh, we certainly had our moments. And, um, you know, I grew to, to really love the club. And uh, I haven't gone away since. I think I started part-time. And then Doz called me and said that uh, they were going to invest in the 3G. And could I look after it? So I think mm -hmm. I became, apart from uh, Steve Prince, the bar steward, I became the only full-time employee. Uh, and the 3G was fantastic. And I lament its passing. Um, but, you know, onwards and upwards, you know, we're in a, a fantastic position now. You know, something I could never have dreamed of, you know, having joined a club 13, 14 years ago that were in the Ryman's and, and mm -hmm. looked like, they, you know, looked like they were meant to be there. It was, um, you know, it was time for a, for a shake-up. And obviously, as you know, Doz, along with, you know, Bruce's help and all those behind the scenes, you know, sort of grasped the nettle and, you know, we've, we've pushed on, um, you know, still punching above our station. And it's been very enjoyable. Yeah, beautiful. I mean, we won't go on about the 3G too much because uh, um, Sally's in the other room and she's still very bitter about being thrown <laughs> off over the flat shoes and then the FA Cup <laughs> reporters trampling all over it. <laughs> well, we did try and then uh, there was a riot. So all over, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, anyway. I mean, yeah, it, it's, but your role has changed. I mean, it was, you were kind of, was it physio, was it? Or yeah, part-time, uh, physio, yeah. For, yeah, sports therapist, part-time for, for many years the evening training and then the evening training kind of morphed into two days maybe three days a week down at Surrey Sports Park and by then I actually had a proper job uh, I worked for Surrey County Council in their estates department and right. I, uh, I couldn't make training and I said well you know you better get someone else I said oh don't be stupid so they did get somebody to help out uh, and Kat, Catherine uh, Masseuse she was uh, Travelling down by train from Sutton, and uh, we had another chap, Stuart Douglas, who I think was working at, um, or ended up working at Wimbledon. So he kind of filled in the daytime. And then, uh, I say, eventually we ended up back at, uh, at Gander Green Lane with the 3G. So we were able to do our daytime training there. Uh, I left my job, and uh, which my boss said was good because I looked miserable for <laughs> quite a while. Um, yeah, and... Uh, I've always said football's better than working for a living. So, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm the one I'm extremely obviously anyone working in football I'm jealous of, but uh, I think uh, John Davis I'm very jealous of. He gets to play with spreadsheets and be involved in football. I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> where was that when I left school? <laughs> but um, I mean, a couple a couple of different things. Um, you were one of the few who got to kind of um, see the season of our lives um, through the pandemic. What was that kind of like working in that weird environment yeah it was odd it was kind of you don't get any feedback do you you know we the um the current gaffer's got a very loud voice i remember being at woke <laughs> and uh you know literally you know bullying everyone in the stadium just because his booming voice was you know had no comeback you know there was no crowd giving him stick it was kind of bouncing off the snooker club which is behind woking's ground and uh yeah it was surreal at times it was uh I, I do remember one one uh, funny moment though at uh, Bromley and uh, Mark Frake, club historian. That was his. Uh, that's how he got into the ground at the time. Berating the referee, and it was just like, one of the stewards had to walk around the ground and ask him to stop vaping and stop abusing the referee, otherwise he'd be thrown out. So uh, only only Frakey could get thrown out of the stadium. <laughs> I can't understand the vaping thing if there's no one else around. <laughs> <laughs> but just in the whole thing, just, it was almost like somebody didn't have something to do. And it's the well, I've got to justify my position and, uh, you know, and walk around the stadium. But uh, mm. no, it was really odd. And it was, um, you know, I think we coped with it with, with better than most. You know, we didn't sulk yeah. about it. You know, we, we trained, we went, we applied ourselves as best we could. And 
you know, all credit to the the manager and Jason, and they just kept driving us on, and uh, we kept winning. So, so um, yeah, that leads on to the you've kind of already alluded to um, life as an EFL club, <laughs> professional <coughs> football club. Um, obviously, you've already said you didn't really ever expect it, but uh, what, what, what were the thoughts when the when you kind of realised that? Oh my God, that's happening! Um, I know you probably had to go into straight into like, oh, now we've got to go into work mode to get the pitch sorted, but. Yeah, well, it was odd because when we we were in the playoffs a few years before with Doz, and they didn't. It was almost like everybody had their head in the sand, you know. Really, kind of. There's no way we could cope with this. Anyway, we didn't go up, so it, it didn't come to pass. But you know, I don't think we'd made any preparations because um, we just couldn't see ourselves doing it. And then we regrouped. Uh, we got some sort of uh, fresh impetus with Adrian Barry and Tim. And uh, obviously the American guys came in and, and everyone sort of got their heads around it. We had long discussions over the new pitch. Uh, so that, you know, I can remember being picked up by <clears throat> a cousin of mine and we were going to pick up her kids. And I was still on a call till about quarter past eight one Friday night discussing with the prospective um, pitch installers. And uh, I mean, God knows when that was. That was probably a week after uh, the promotion was confirmed. And uh, we were deciding which pitch. I mean, we were at the Agri Power, and they were brilliant. Um, you can't uh, can't fault their efforts. I think they had a ninety day ninety day program, and they lost forty something days to the weather. Mm. Uh, so they, you know, we really struggled to get the pitch in. I remember when we installed the three G. It was in. An, it was in in six weeks, and we never lost one day to to bad weather. So you can't. Yeah. So we kind of so the pitch we were scabbling around with the EFL. We're saying, you know, we're going to ground share. They said, no, you can't do that. So they delayed our home matches. And even when we played our first home match, the pitch wasn't quite right. But it wasn't through want of trying. Um, as I say, contractors and you know, and sports turf sort of subsequent involvement um, was excellent. But uh, you know, you can't uh, lay a pitch in August and expect it to be ready. So yeah, I thought the pitch struggled in the first year. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's it's been excellent ever since. It's a really good surface. But uh, mm-hmm. behind the scenes, in terms of just the overwhelming, you know, FA doping control as a physio, FA doping control, head injury assessments, heart scans, um, you know, making sure your database of names, addresses, and locations of where people are going to be when they're not training. It, it just felt a little bit overwhelming to begin with. To be honest, it was just a, how we're going to get. But, you know, all credit to the EFL and, and the EFL Trust that are now involved or um, they help you. You know, there isn't, mm. you can find with some leagues lower down that uh, they just want to trip you up all the time. That's my uh, impression. But uh, I, I can't uh, I can't fault the EFL and the, the amount of information they give you. And, you know, if you have got a problem, you know, they won't say, well, tough. It's, uh, they'll always try and get you through. I mean... After the promotion, obviously, we, we there was a lot of conversations about the pitch, um, and a lot on social media. I don't know how much you you would have seen, but um, it took a little while for the message to get through to um, sort of opposition fans that we weren't overly bothered about the first team because the first team were always going to have a pitch to play on. Um, but did you did you know? Did you understand and, and get the feeling that the fans were actually worried about the? The women's team, the academy teams, the disability teams, where were they going to go? Did you kind of get that sense of what people were saying? No, no, it's, it's not just one team. We, we are. We're a whole big club. And yeah, it was really it was really difficult. And there was there was a lot of alienation for a long time. And then Duncan Muller was was running the women's side at the time. And obviously he was, you know, trying to trying to bat for them. Uh, you know, the walking footballers said, you know, what's the point if we're not training at Sutton United? You know, what's the point of us being associated? Um Obviously, we had Jamie De Cruz. You know, we had hundreds of kids here during um, holiday programs. Um, you know, it, it was really difficult, and it was really difficult to 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 make those people understand that they were still important. You know, we did. You know, there was a period of adjustment. Um, obviously, the women couldn't even play here to begin with because it, it couldn't take more than one game a week, uh, and that was difficult because we had SCR here at the time in that first year. You know, and they'd been good um, tenants for us, so. Because we didn't know we were going to go up, we couldn't say to them, "Go find somewhere else," you know, and leave them in, you know, and leave them in the lurch. So it was it was really difficult juggling all those, you know, all that disappointment and kind of managing the expectation going forward. And mm. you know, we did simple things like, you know, invite the walking footballers to a game, you know, 
come and join in and uh you know and and i think they're in the majority they're firmly back on side you know we do make them feel part of the club but not having that you know hub where you see people all the time you know they can tell their friends oh where do you do you train well, i do it at Sutton united you know and, and they were proud of that and rightly so it was and you know we didn't really have anyone you know certainly didn't hire it to anyone who didn't respect the the place uh, well we had a few but they, they didn't last long so yeah it's uh yeah it, it made a massive difference you know and we've you know we've made important um strides and initiative to make sure people those that are no longer training there do feel part of it but uh yeah it's been it's been difficult yeah i mean i i have a very mercenary um heart to be honest because when um lottie my oldest um was sort of training with one of the teams i used to come down and see all the kids on the pitch and see oh my god there's all these kids almost every night and all my head was going is their future sign united supporters because they're the ones going <clears throat> that's my pitch, that's my club, blah, blah, blah. And that's what kind of up, upset me a bit about the pitch having to come up. It's not that it was a magic pitch and we had an advantage on it. Um, it's, oh, my God, it's money. It's future money disappearing. Um, yeah. Obviously, you've got a very different experience to us on, on match day. Um, what is, what's your favourite part of match day? So any, any, any match, if, you, if, you're, if you're getting up in the morning, you're like, right, match day, this, what bit are you looking forward to? Um, <clears throat> I like to get there early. I don't like really to see a lot of people when I first get in. Um, different for me now because I'm not doing the running on, so I'm not quite um, not quite as firmly entrenched as I was. So I'll go to the, the physio room. Does anyone need any help? Turn hello to Ali, seeing where she's at with, uh, with injuries because I'm not in the training ground every day um, just to get an update uh, for when I speak to people, ask how they are. Um, and then I'm just basically getting the getting organised for the game. I've got different responsibilities now. Try, you know, we have hopefully up to a hundred school kids on Saturdays come to visit the game. So Mike Nicholson uh, deals with those. So dealing with tickets. Um, yeah, I, lo- I love it when the game starts. I like it when the you know little uh, few minutes before kickoff, Gaffer gets everyone on their feet and gives them a kind you know their last little little pep talk. And you know we're all quite. Uh, jokey and sarcastic and we've all got a little uh, eccentricities but you know once you kind of walk out the corridor in the tunnel you, you know it's your game face on and uh, try not to muck about and uh, try to apply yourself seriously we're professionals here <laughs> yeah, professionals, yeah and then um, and i try not to get into any uh, verbal altercations with anyone anymore yeah and internalize it is internalizing it is agony so uh, but um no i just you know Win, lose or draw, we always go for you know we always go for a drink, and uh, you know you try and unwind and don't take that home. That's the important thing I learned. Yeah. Because you know? yeah. uh, no one in no one indoors really cares. You know, <laughs> <my wife. laughs> yeah, no, my wife will. Uh, <clears throat> no, it's not fair. They they do care, but it, it's not for me to to transfer that disappointment indoors. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, um, nice. Yeah, I absolutely. Get I, that. Um, <laughs> and I just like I say, you know, answer your question. I, I love it when the game starts. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, and I like to see, you know, not because I'm a coach, but I just, I like to see what we do, do during the week. And I, I'd like to see it in the game, you know, those patterns of play or particularly something that people have been worked on. I don't know, because it, you, you know then that you've, be, that you've been part of, the, part of the process, but you've seen it behind closed doors and you think, well, that's what we've worked for. You know? yeah. Uh, yeah. I think there's, there's obviously a lot of talk about, um, goals mostly and strikers not scoring and um i have to say i didn't react as probably i should have when matt was on and he was saying yeah i, I don't judge my strikers on goals and um I, i'll get into other things it's like you really should be expanding upon this point mike you should really get him to explain what he means but i'll let it go i was too scared of um what's been your sort of on the football side your standout memory i ask this a lot of ex-players so i don't know how you how you what you're gonna ask what would you like everyone to be saying oh bobby yeah i remember he did blah 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 for the players i <clears throat> saw so behind the scenes I, I, I said i've been the sports therapist for for all of those years and i still have an input now a couple of days a week uh, but the majority of my time spent um on the foundation but um i like the fact that um i was responsible for the pitch and that it was you know, more or less to capacity, as much as the the local market would allow. I mean, in Tuesday and Thursday evenings, we could have rented it two or three times over. Um, you know, and I was part of the 
you know, the uplift in income, you know, obviously does was really important with the investment and, uh, you know, just to be able to, to, to be a part of that, that income drive. And when we got rid of the 3G, 3G struggling for a training ground, you know, we were all on the hunt. We ended up at Sutton Grammar for a little while, but they doubled their intake of the school. So they didn't really have the, the capacity for us to <clears throat> kind of move pitches. So that kind of, then we were at Walton and Hersham. So, you know, it's behind the scenes. I'm moving fridges. I'm making sure we've got the equipment there. You know, obviously Clive's a, a massive transporter of, of gear everywhere, but just trying to keep the, the physio beds and just to make sure that we, to just make sure we keep going. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't particularly want any praise for that. That's just, you know, you're at Sutton United. You've got, you've got to do what's got done. <laughs> there generally isn't enough of you. <clears throat> you know, yeah. Aiden's a case in point at the moment. He's our CEO and, you you know, you see him uh, processing season tickets and you're thinking, surely there's somebody who can do this. So if there's anyone out there that's got a spare, some spare time to uh, take some uh, workload off that poor man's shoulders. But, uh, yeah, it's just one of those. You just, you, you kind of, if something needs doing, you do it. You know, you right. uh, make sure the chairman's happy and crack on. You need to be careful with getting the work off Adrian's shoulders. His, his missus might be coming back going, no, 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 take him, take him. <laughs> Yeah, there's a way. <laughs> Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're going to come to the foundation in a minute, but I just wanted to just ask how kind of stressful was it earlier this season with all those injuries? Um, I mean, it just seemed to be one after the other, after the other, after the other. Um, so how, how, how behind the scenes, how, how, how was it feeling? I know yeah, you're not on the training ground. It, it was very difficult because you're not only, you know, there every day getting people ready for training and treating you know, you're taking people to consultants, you're liaising with insurance companies and, you know, the, the particular John Barden incident was, you know, it was, it, was, it was a difficult moment, but, you know, the people at Stevenage were excellent. Um, you know, I've trained for those moments. You know, you do first aid trauma courses, you know, and they bully you, they make it difficult for you, they make you, they, you know, they, they make you ready for it. And, uh, you know, it was a difficult, that was a difficult night. You know, subsequently, um, you know, he, he got some excellent surgery and, uh, you know, he was probably, you know, the, the worst of those injuries. But, you know, he's doing fantastic now. He's got a fantastically positive mindset. Obviously, Kobe's knee. I can't even remember half of them. But, yeah, it was really difficult. And we'd lost our head of foundation at the time. So I was trying to juggle that as well. And, um, you know, I've got to be honest, I don't, I don't think I was particularly doing well at anything. You know, I got through it. But, um you know, uh, I was disappointed not to uh, kind of lead that team anymore, but but grateful for Ali to come in and just and focus on that. And, uh, you know, she's done fantastic. So, yeah, it, it wasn't a good time. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I did see Catherine a couple of times um, in the morning. I, I'm coming to my work and she's going to hers. And um, I said, how is it? And she's like, oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, is it take a ticket? And she's like, there's not even any tickets. There's, there's just, just there's no room for anyone. Yeah. Um, but you mentioned the foundation, and I kind of wanted to um, focus on that a, a, a little bit. Um, what, so, what what kind of tempt did you persuade? Did you inspire? you whatever word you want to use to to, to go for the, the head of foundation to take on that role? Well, it was um, it was kind of natural, really. But the um, God, how long ago was it? So, two thousand sixteen, seventeen. I kind of we were in the national league, and I looked at the fact that we why weren't we accessing the funding at the time? You know, so if you did. Um, if you did some work in the community, whether it be the girls' teams, walking football, 
coaching, girls development, you know, any of those things, you've got 65% of the money towards it. And you're thinking, well, it, we've got to take advantage of this. And uh, we spoke to a lady at the National League Trust, Susan O'Brien, who I'm still in contact with. And there's the difference between the National League and the EFL. The National League Trust has got one full-time member of staff and the uh, EFL Trust, I think they had 64. They had a little bit of a reshuffle, but they're still... 50 odd members of staff so it's uh, that's that's the difference between uh, non-league and EFL and uh, I can't even remember what the question was now but the um <laughs> why you why you took on the role yeah so the um so I sat with Dave Fairbrother and um Susan O'Brien and she basically said uh the club hadn't communicated very well over the previous few years and she wasn't really interested in helping us out and uh, so put us on the back foot so we promised to behave and communicate, but I didn't quite know what she was alluding to because I wasn't part of that previous. But yeah, I think it was just uh, indicative of the time. It was, you know, everyone was doing everything to keep the club going and solvent. And it was just one of those things that had fallen to the side. So I picked it up. She was really good at, at, at helping us, Susan. And we got our funding. So we were able to support the disability teams, you know. But that's really, that's really where that comes from. You know, PCSO Stephen King, um, founded those community teams and uh you know he's still got 50 players still got four teams he's got his own league now um you know i can't speak highly enough of him so he's kind of the nexus he's where that comes from mm -hmm. you know all we did um was was kind of get that funding off the back of them you know support the walking football uh support girls development jamie de cruz and wayne shaw and i started a, a monday mm -hmm. night girls development um Shory used to uh, whip up Oreo cookies into an ice cream. That's how we got the girls and their parents to come to the game, you know. He used to serve it out the blue cabin as a bit of a laugh. Not little girls could reach the window, but, you know, we used to charge them two quid and it, it cost about four quid a milkshake. But So we started that on a freezing cold Monday night and Jamie's still running that at goals yeah. with sort of 38, 40 girls uh, registered. So, you know, we're quite, we're quite proud of that. And uh, <clears throat> the three of us. So, so that, that's where the, the community work came from. And then I was really busy, obviously, with the first team. We're in the EFL. So Duncan Muller um, seemed the right fit to, to take over the women's section. You know, he'd done a really good job in, uh, in growing that. You know, when he arrived, we didn't have a women's team. He brought his Surrey Eagles team to us. And... We had one girls team left. I think the whole thing was kind of unraveling. Tony Henderson Smith had, had tried to keep it together, but uh, couldn't really do it on his own. Duncan grew those teams, uh, grew the women's section, and uh, I say took over the foundation uh, and was doing a good job. And uh, for whatever reason, uh, that didn't work out. We'll gloss over that. And uh, it, and I heard a conversation that said, uh, "Oh, we'll have to support that internally from the club." And I thought, well. That there's only one person that can support that internally from the club. So I kind of knew it was coming. So came back in the summer and <clears throat> just tried to keep things going, really, until we knew we needed a chartered physio, <clears throat> um, which is where Ali comes into the mix. And uh, we needed somebody, and we kind of, we did advertise. And then uh, I think Matt said to rang me up and he went, well, what about Ali? And she was with us three years ago. And... Um, Obviously, she's moved on. She'd worked under a really good chap whose name escapes me at Wickham. And um, you know, she was really keen to come back. So that kind of gave me back the focus for the head of foundation. But uh, <clears throat> as you say, I wish she could have come a month or two earlier because, uh, we, yeah, we were drowning. But, uh, yeah, she's picked up. She's grasped the nettle and, uh, you know, things have improved. So, what has he got me involved with here? <laughs> is what yeah, she said. <laughs> uh, exactly, yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> Hit the ground so, so I think the foundation is something that everyone knows of its existence and everyone has kind of oh yeah we've got the, the foundation the found but I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest what what is it to do what 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 does the foundation do and what what are its object objectives that's that's a, that's a word I want so yeah. what what should fans know about the foundation not just that we're always rattling buckets. What's... Yeah, so it came out of that community work that already existed. And the National League Trust were keen for people to become independent charities. Because what you get when, um, you know, bigger companies uh, invest in football clubs and community schemes, you know, what can and has happened is that the money just goes into one pot 
and it gets absorbed by the club. Not something that we've ever done, but you know, we had a separate bank account, but it needed to be a proper charity. And being a proper charity gives you access to, to different streams of funding. And I think we sh we're struggling, we're not struggling, but we're, we're trying to move forward. So we, we do our disability teams really well, our walking football really well. We do a little bit of work at Car in Karoo Manor, um, coaching um, uh, some special needs children. We, we get involved um, with the local schools. Philip Hedger is our chairman of trustees and he's also, I think he's got 10 schools now under his, uh, under his leadership for the Leo Academy Trust. So what we're trying to do is, is do more, more work in schools. Um, we can now, despite being an EFL club, we can now access uh, Premier League funding. And my next meeting after this uh, is to meet the head of Metropolitan Police for Premier League Kicks. Uh, and Premier League Kicks is about is a programme that helps underserved communities, and that may be underserved due to gender, ethnicity, access, you know, uh, because you can't afford it. Um, so lots of different schemes. Um, so I've been working with a chap called uh, Chris Hamilton, uh, who's the police youth engagement officer you might have come across. Um, and, you know, together uh, I've been trying to, to help him um, with some of the ideas that he has, you know, we've got a fun day in May at uh, Croygas, thousand kids. So he'll be talking about knife crime and uh, county lines, and we'll be trying to have some fun on the day as well. And uh, Sunday night we'll have a few stalls there. So that's kind of the direction we're heading in. So we found, you know, there's stuff that we've been doing a long time. We're doing really well. And the girls comes under the foundation, mm -hmm. and the two, um, the reserves and the development teams for the women come under the foundation. So, you know, we're making sure that they're well funded and, um, you know, the, those two, all those teams pay subs and the girls teams are pretty much self-sufficient and they access something called gift aid, which you would have heard of. Mm -hmm. And being under the charity arm, they, they can do that. And if they weren't, um, they couldn't. So there's an extra 25 percent uh, income for that section. So, you know, we're trying to bring that sponsorship in. Uh, I was speaking to uh, James Bailey the other day, the estate agent, and he's really keen to support that section. Smith and Byford have been fantastic over the years um, and their connection with uh, Steve King, the disability teams. And uh, we do have a couple more, but uh, uh, I can't think of them at the moment. So I do apologise. I'll send you that information so you can uh, publish yeah. it. Otherwise I get in trouble. No, no, no. Uh, I'm sure you're remembering everything off pack. So there's no notes here. <laughs> so I'm sure people forgive. So we're um, so what we're trying to do is so prem, we're trying to get Premier League kicks off the ground. I've made the application for funding. Um, you know, I think they'll let us get going because they know that we've not done this sort of thing before. And it's just important that you know what I couldn't get a hold on before was a referral service. So I could have got the money, and I'd have no kids to refer to me. Whereas the youth engagement officer has got that connection to the schools and the social services. And, and what we're trying to support kids that um, are at risk of offending. You know, they might be having some, some issues at school with lateness and ill-discipline. So, uh, you know, trying to get to that cohort um, and engage them uh, before, uh, before it gets worse for, for them and their families. So, you know, that's where we're at. We, we do a lot of work. We've started... Um, Little box, little box of books, which is a set of 20 books that talk about different um, diverse families and family makeups. Um, and uh, that's gone down really well in the schools. We've got another event next Wednesday when uh, some local schools are coming, going to talk to, I'm going to talk and the players are going to talk about books they read and the kids are going to tell us about books they read. And so Craig Eastman and I did that at uh, Brookfield. Uh, yeah. And it was a lovely uh, hour or so that we did there. Um, and Eastie has read Stephen Gerrard's biography. We established that, but um, you know he's uh, he's a parent. He does a lot of nighttime reading to yeah. his kids. So you know we all you know we had a connection, and uh, we're, we're doing a club author day in uh, in right. April, which follows on from that literacy program. So kind of things that you know not necessarily you know the public to get involved in or resonate, but just to be aware of what we're doing. And yeah, one yeah, thing the name out there and do it doing. Yeah, so um, we're, um, what else are we doing? So one of the things that uh, Chris is doing is trying to get the, the three Sutton mosques to play each other in a cricket match. So, All right. So just, just as a case in point, one of our trustees has 
has been on to um, the Lord's Foundation to to look at uh, supporting uh, supporting that with funding. And there's a couple of Muslim foundations that that may support that. But you have to have lots of conversations and and you learn a lot as you go on. You have to learn what people are looking for when you make an application. It's an art in itself. I was, was going to say that they're, they're <laughs> working for the council. <laughs> I know some of these things are like they're asking a question and you answer the question they're like that's not what we're after but it's yeah. what you asked <laughs> that's the question you asked me well i think the biggest case of that is the is the pavilion so we've had a crowdfunding campaign mm -hmm. a couple of thousand pounds in there so that there was four failed attempts before we were successful with that and the football foundation never gave you any feedback on the, the Tony Henderson Smith and uh, and a couple of other guys were were um, were applying and he never got any feedback so he never knew why you failed and then mm. uh, the FA and the Football Foundation came up with uh, a brilliant idea they sent someone to help you write the application and it was brilliant and so every time we came across a question we gave the chap the information and he gave us the answer and and, and that made that application really easy and, you didn't, and even the Football Foundation said why didn't we do this years ago. Because we've got all this money and we actually can't give it out because no one gets the answers right. But yeah, it's like it's like taking an exam you've never had any uh, yeah. teaching. So, so the, the Women's Girl, Girls Programme, I know, I know we've mentioned it. I mean, to me, that's that's always a no-brainer. Obviously, I've got two girls. Everyone knows I've bang on about the women's team quite a lot. Um, but again, with that mercenary hat on, it's the women's game is kind of where football's going to be able to grow in the next few years because... Yeah we can only fit so many bodies in seats and stadiums and so on i know we've got some room to go but um why do you think that's been successful in sutton um with the amount of girls that we've got um i think it's a good setup i think the i think it's um it's been well supported there's been a lot of buy-in for the parents you can't do it without the parents because they're the ones that, that sort out the fixtures and collect the monies and you know because there's a there's a lot of buy-in there and uh Mark Back is uh, is trying to lead that um, that section. Uh, I think Duncan. I, I think Duncan did a good job there. Um, you know, he made the women's team successful, and I think the rest of the teams. You know, you know, they feed off of that. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just say, just good atmosphere created. Um, obviously, you have your, your teething problems along the way, um, but you rely on the the volunteer coaches, and you know, hopefully that you know Mark uh, and the rest of them. You know create an in inclusive atmosphere where, where people feel that they're contributing. So, um, and I think, the, as I say, the women's team being successful, uh, you know, Will's trying to take that on to the next level. Um, but you're now competing with some very well-organised teams that, that, mm. that um, support their players financially. Um, difficult to say how much because it kind of, as in always in non-league football, there's a lot of rumour and counter-rumour. So uh, I shan't... Uh, so I'll touch on that very much. But uh, yeah, it's a very competitive league. And um, it, I know Will from years ago. Uh, I think he's an excellent coach. Uh, he, he taught my daughter how to play football. And, uh, you know, she was a, a strong, strong-willed character. Uh, and I think he dealt with her very well. <laughs> Probably better than I did. But uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, he's, he's a good, he's good at nurturing people. You know, he's very mm. patient. Um, it's you know his training gets you very much back down to those basic technical skills which are which are essential uh, and he's got a nice way about him so uh, yeah yeah I think that uh, that should filter down so the the first team is now under the under the club mm -hmm. you know the idea is that that um, you know none of those girls um, pay subs you know and rightly so so it's up to the club to to bring that sponsorship in and, and to support that section so um, you know, I hope that bodes well for the future. It just puts it on a, you know, a much better level. Yeah. You know, a more yeah. sort of serious footing. So, yeah. And then thing. you've also got the, you mentioned the, the, the disabilities in sort of pan disability teams. Yeah. Um, I had Aaron on a few weeks ago, or months back now, and he said something that just absolutely threw me and blew my mind, um, where he was saying that he was at West Ham. Um, obviously, it's West Ham. It's a Premier League club. And I think he said another Premier League club were after him, but he came down to Sutton and they, or everyone was saying, go to Sutton, they're, they're one of the best teams there is. And he was like, Sutton, what are you on about? Came down, saw the setup, saw it all, and he was like blown away. And then he said he was an England international. And um, we apparently said to him, well, we'll let you know. <laughs> and he's gone, <laughs> what? <laughs> Hang on a minute. Um, it just completely blew my mind that Sutton was not just competing with, um, with Premier League names. 
but being considered one of the best there is. Um, yeah, just because, well, the thing that I said, it's not a problem, but I think there's 50 registered players, there's 48 still playing, Steve told me the other day, and, uh, you know, they just get inquiries all the time, but nobody wants to leave. Um, <laughs> it's a really good place to be. You know, the... He's really good friends with the Arsenal Foundation. They they, they think uh, the work he's done is fantastic. They go to Chelsea, um, you know, and, I'm, and they're on the same level. Southwark, you know, another fantastic setup. And um, I don't know, again, it's just, it's about people, isn't it? Steve um, created a good atmosphere, well-disciplined, um, you know, consistent high level of coaching. You know, they'll train whatever the weather. And, um, you know, and they're very competitive. They'll, they've been to the... Uh, Highly regarded George Best tournament in Belfast. They'll be going again this year. Um, they were in the final a few years ago, and I think uh, one of their best players got taken out early on. Um, you know that's how that's how competitive it is at that level. But uh, you know they have a great time. They you know they have a great social as well. And um, I don't know. It's just a it's just a good place to be for those guys. So yeah, it's just it's just obviously you hear the big names and your mind automatically goes, oh yeah, they've got loads of money, and then it's like something above them. Yeah. Well, 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 that's 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 not right. That's not <laughs> obviously yeah. completely different because different funding, different as as you kind of said. Um, it, some clubs just do these things as the tick box to get the extra funding to put into. I'm not saying West Ham do that, by the way. Anyone, don't sue me. Um, but they, they, it's just a tick box for some clubs. So um, the other one you mentioned, which first of all piqued my interest because I'm getting towards it now. Walking football. And then I realised that I'd still have the problem of being rubbish anyway. But the walking football, what, what's that? Um, and how, how do people kind of get into that? Yeah, it's a, it's on goals uh, on a Wednesday. And I always get the time wrong. But Fred, who looks after that section, along with Stephen Preedy, um, will always put us right at 10.30 on a, um, on a Wednesday morning at goals in North Cheam. They've mm. um, talked about second session, uh, that, um, but we're waiting for a slot to open up at the Life Centre. Uh, the evening session's not as popular. Well, certainly not in the winter. And because uh, we used to have two before, we used to have one on a Monday night at, uh, at Sutton and one on a Wednesday morning. And I think probably one thing that some Sutton United up, you know, we had players join us and we'll, uh, on one half of the pitch on a Wednesday morning, the players are warming up. And on the other side, there's a, a walking football game. And players look around going, surely this can't. Uh... So, uh, yeah, that, that, if anything encompasses Sutton United, then uh, I think that was uh, first team on one half and the uh, walking football on the other. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, they're quite a good social. They do play some matches. Uh, I think they played uh, Fulham a couple of times recently. And uh, I think it's quite cheap. Um, is it three or five quid? That's terrible. I don't know, isn't it? It's, um, yeah, first session's free anyway. Yeah. And, uh, cool. So... I don't want to keep going on about it and make it sound like we're always asking for money, but how do you get funding for your projects? Um, and, and, and money is, is obviously important. I know we, you've mentioned the, 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 the crowdfund thing, which I, I need you to mention again, because um, I, I could see there's only a couple of weeks left on that. Um, but how do you essentially get money apart from these applications? We, um, believe it or not, we've still got some money from the National League Trust because of COVID and because of the way kind of programmes got pushed on. So even when we got promoted, we were still uh, using National League Trust money. So they've kind of underpinned what we've done for the last few years. And uh, we're due a final payment from them hopefully soon. So that's kept us going for a couple of years. So the PFA, if the EFL Trust some money, uh, which basically pays my wages, and uh, we got some Premier League funding. We got what you call core funding. So there's ten thousand pound there. <clears throat> We've recently got another four and a half thousand from the Premier League for uh, cost of living. So I'm hoping to put that towards our community fridge. And uh, I'm speaking to the Sears uh, Garden Project, which I don't know if anybody knows is just off uh, just off the bypass by Cheam Lights. It's a fantastic uh, community garden there, run by Kevin. We've got to go and see again. And, uh, you know, they do some great work. It's a social enterprise, great cafe, cake's amazing. Highly recommend it. So, um, yeah, it is the applications. Uh, we have had some, I think we did have an anonymous donation, although I think I know who that anonymous donor was. So uh, we had a £10,000. Uh, um, and we don't, make, we, don't make a, we don't make a profit on the walking football. There's a little surplus, you know, and then uh, mm. if they need a coach to go away, that kind of supports itself. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You know, yeah. the, the money generated, so the girls sections is, is self-funding. And it's that sponsorship bit that fills the hole for those two women's teams that come under, come under, our, uh, under the foundation. And, and the, those two teams, you know, do pay uh, a subscription. Um, but, uh, you know, they're uh, looking to get promoted this year, the reserves. So hopefully that will uh, come off. A little bit more travelling involved in the next league up. And, uh, yeah. yeah, so it, and it's uh, so recently spoke to Lords Builders Merchants, you know, and they've got yeah. a foundation. And so I've applied for some funding there. So, you know, it is about those applications. It is about, you know, and some of the smaller ones are really straightforward. Are you a charity? Yeah. Are you involved in sport? Yeah. Are you um, um, doing good works? Yes. What are you going to put this to? Well, I'm going to get another member of staff. Okay, fine. And you think, well, hang on, that, that was easy for, for a couple of thousand and it all goes in the pot. So, um, yeah, say so little, little surpluses, uh, sponsorship, applications of all sorts, anonymous donations. You know, we... We do need it. We do need a pledge page, but um, you know, can people afford ten pound a month? But uh, it's the yeah. pavilion. It's the pavilion exactly. Yeah. So we try. You know, try not to keep going back to the same well and asking the same things. But you know, hopefully, we'll get involved with some more companies. You know, if we can get a better profile, which is that you know the reason that uh, you know, apart from obviously seeing your good self, one of the reasons I wanted to you know wanted to promote the foundation. You know. We are doing good works. The club has done great work. It's got some great people involved. We've got a really good board of trustees, uh, you know, with different skill sets. Um, a couple of directors from the main club are on that board, which is which is necessary to, to keep that continuity. Uh, and the club's been very supportive. Um, you know, I think I was the right fit at the time to take the job because obviously I'd, I'd been there at the start. I knew what was going on. And, uh, you know, with the support of those trustees, you know, that's... Uh, I referred to him earlier, Phil Hedger. You know, it's quite difficult to get um, schools to communicate because they don't know who I am. Yeah. Uh, they don't, um, you know, they're very busy people. Um, but Phil sends them an email and they, uh, Phil Hedger, and they respond straight away. <laughs> and uh, so, uh, yeah, it's good. So, you know, you need people in the right places. You need, uh, as I say, we've got one lady, Sophie uh, Sargent, who works at Brighton and Hove Council. So she's used to those applications. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I write a load of rubbish and she translates it into what they want to hear, hopefully. Um, so, yeah, we she's just thought... She's already done the application. She just pretends she's human. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, I need to mention him because uh, he's, he's going to uh, stop working for us soon. But it's Nigel Griffiths. So he um, is our secretary at the uh, um, foundation. And he's been doing something called CCOP which is like 200 documents you have to get in place uh, to be a charity. And we couldn't have got that 10 grand and four and a half grand without being 50% compliant. So he's put together 90 odd documents, um, which is not to everyone's taste because they are laborious, risk assessment, sustainability, uh, obviously HR, you know, important stuff. But you can't get any of that funding we spoke about you know, without those things in place. Yeah. And we've got, we've got a young lad that, that came through our kickstart scheme called Calvin, and uh, he absolutely loves doing it. Uh, it's the best job he's ever had. Um, I couldn't think of anything worse if I had to do it all the time. But, um, he, you know, those, yeah. two, those two have kind of put us in place for us to, to kick on. But, yeah. Um, yeah. So do you, do you find yourself when you're talking to, uh, you're out shopping, you're doing anything, looking around the local businesses, the national businesses, thinking, oh, 
I wonder if I can talk to these guys. They seem like friendly. And do you have to like switch off and go, no, I can't do that today. I'm at a christening or whatever. Yeah, I think, yeah, I just, I almost think like um, we need the Premier League kicks or we need the literacy program. You need something to, to hang your hat on. Because I say the other stuff are, are well supported and we, um, we kind of don't need help there. But what we need help is to, is to do something different. And I've always said it, we do the football stuff really well. Well, we should do, we're a football club. But, um, you know, can we get the literacy programme going? Now, you can do that from, through uh, Premier, League, uh, Premier League Primary Stars, which is a, a really good programme for, for literacy and numeracy through sport and also you educating teachers how to run PE sessions. But, um, you know, in Sutton, um, my good friend Jamie De Cruz does a lot of that work already, you know, coaching in schools. So we felt that Premier League kicks is the way to, to make a name and, and to, to bring attention to ourselves. You know, and there are a few people I'll be going to see uh, to say, look, we're doing this. Um, we're going to make a real good go of it. We've got some funding, but, uh, you know, we need some support. And I think that's where we can, you know, make a name for ourselves and, and uh, give those companies something to uh, to hang their hat on, as it were. And mm. um, I mean, one of the things I should have mentioned earlier is also we do the the warm space now um which is on the fridays 11 till 1 yeah um so how, how did that come about and well it, how's it going to be fair the the uh, the new sort of commercial events team under um uh i've got sam earl and uh, young ryan cheeseman under ed marsh um and they're trying to make more use of um of the rooms at sutton united and um you know, one of the things that we don't need to sell is to is to be part of our community. Um, you know, so that's a that's a, a free space. And I also looked at uh, warm space, which is a, which is a sort of a I don't know where it sort of comes from initially, but it's um, supported by um, the co-op and Morrison's and and uh, but we haven't really got into that. But but Sam, to be fair to him, is around on a Friday morning when I'm travelling with the first team. I haven't really been I haven't been able to to be there. But uh, you've got Claire Laughlin, Sarah Aitchison, Dave Fairbrother, so Sam Earl, who works in that events team. And they're just trying to provide a space, come and have a cup of tea and coffee, biscuit and have a chat. You know, I think it can it can go many different ways. You know, I know that we were trying to speak to uh, somebody at your place in the benefits, mm -hmm. uh, that which hasn't happened yet, but uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> that we'll leave. And, um, no, no, he'll answer. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, just to, just to provide... Uh, you know how can we help so we don't know how we can help but you know exactly. to be there and to listen to people and you know claire came claire laughlin i saw a couple of weeks ago and she'd spent a good 45 minutes with a chap um who was a widower um hadn't really been out uh very much obviously covid had kind of stopped all his social interactions and uh you know he was just really pleased to be somewhere just to have a chat and, and if if that's the the most we can do i think that that's important in itself if we can yeah. do more great you know and if you know i'd quite like to see you know a little board game morning i'd be all over the scrabble <laughs> and uh you know that would uh you know i'm not sure which direction it can go in but yeah. it's a, a platform to to grow from and it's you know if anybody wants to do something then uh, or anybody needs something then come and tell us what you need and we'll we'll try and signpost you if it's a, a literacy problem or a uh, a connectivity problem you need someone with a laptop to look up something for you or you know it can be anything you want it to be that's the yeah i mean you, you just never as you said you don't really know what problems people are facing and no. we are leaving aside all the other experts we are a big community of of, of, of different people with different abilities and yeah. a few months ago i was completely thrown because um one of our sports francis was struggling to print something off and she was getting very very sort of a bit upset about it and i was just like francis i'll do it and i'll hand it to you just, just all you have to do is tell people and someone yeah. will go oh i can do that for you because you don't realize and she was so grateful and i was like i literally printed off four pages or five pages of paper it was it was literally nothing so yeah anyone, anyone got any issues talk to someone and um we can obviously may not be to help but know someone who might be able to help yeah and um, you mentioned various different projects that were coming up um what, what i mean it was may you said we got something at Corrigas. um yeah may the 19th on a friday so so it's something that uh the youth engagement officer chris has done on a number of occasions uh COVID aside so he just invites the schools 
and um, they come and learn uh, about social media, about county lines, about knife crime, about all those things that affects that that, that teenage population. And uh, Chris, uh, you know, and they're not they're only toolbox talks. They're nothing sort of elaborate. They're not lectures. They're not you know they they last small periods of time. But the kids can have fun whilst they're there. I think so. McDonald's uh, put a lot of sponsorship behind it. You know, so there's uh, inflatable goals and and uh, a number of other stations. So Jamie, Jamie and I will be putting on some football stuff, and uh, yeah, that's that, that'll be a big promotion for the for the club as well. Uh, and just simple things like um, the other night, Chris bought. Um, it was supposed to be forty. I think they ended up being about twenty or so. You may have seen that on social media. Bought some kids from uh, local schools and their parents who'd never been to football before. Mm-hmm. Some of those families that couldn't necessarily. Uh, you know, wouldn't wouldn't have thought of it, but uh, he's trying to engage with those kids, um, give them something different to do. Yeah. Oh, there gone. Um, so, how how can how can people get involved if they if they want to get involved and support the foundation? Um, how how can they kind of do that? I know obviously you've you've got the the Twitter page, which is hang on SUFC Foundation, I think it is. Off yeah, the top of my head. Yeah, thank you. Good. Um, um but how how can people get involved if they if they want to be able to to help or do anything yeah i mean they can message me i mean we you know we we need help in the girls sections with with administration um you know once we start and putting on projects um with the youth engagement team we'll need some volunteer coaches uh we can get people on coaching courses that that we'll uh, provide the funding for so if anybody wants to get into coaching and don't know how you know we can help with that uh if you want to pledge any money to 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 help any of those the sections that that we uh, I don't know what your football is. You won't want to pledge money there because uh, they're like me; they're all grumpy. But the um, bless them. The uh, but uh, yeah, if you want to get involved and you don't know how, and you just want to have a chat on uh, how you might be able to help, then uh, just message me. It's uh, foundation at suttonunited.net. Perfect, perfect. And obviously, um, the current one uh, is the pavilion. Um, that you're, you're sort of doing those, the, the fundraising page, um, which is, again, on the social media, I did um, link to it as well, but it's a crowdfunder and Sutton United Community Pavilion. So what, what's that for? What, what, what... God, it's, uh, it's, been so, <laughs> it's been so long in the making. Um, there was, this is, there this was is some... the one that Sarah did all the bike riding for all those years ago, wasn't it? Oh the the yeah. pavilion. Yeah, I wouldn't have remembered that. That's just yeah. There was an original pavilion, um, which never really got off the ground. But um, and we probably used that money during COVID. But what just to reassure people, we uh, there was a crowdfunding program many years ago, and but we're basically um, a good chunk of change in, <laughs> and uh, we're over a hundred grand in in fees and uh, in getting the projects off the ground. We've got football foundation funding. Um, it was a long protracted negotiation over leasing uh, with London Borough Sutton, our solicitors and solicitors from the Football Foundation, um, because the pavilion relates to the pitches in Collingwood Rec and, um, and the use of our girls teams, our um, walking footballers, our um, disability teams. Uh, it's a community space. It'll have a good um, sort of classroom, two changing rooms. Um, showers referees rooms so you know it can be it's a pavilion for collingwood rec but when it's not a pavilion for collingwood rec it's a pavilion for the community it's for you know i'd like to see um kids families come to games and, and use it before before matches you know you don't want to be traipsing around standing on the terraces with your little kids before games you know can we get players over there before games can we uh let local community groups use it in the evenings um you know we've got space in in the in the main uh, in the main building but uh, you know, can it be used as a classroom during the day that was one of the original plans but um we uh we've got some money from arsenal from the arsenal game uh, mm-hmm. to go towards it we got um the money we've already spent and the problem is because those negotiations have been so protracted we've still got the same amount of money we had 5 years ago but everything costs more yeah so the reason this uh you know we started this crowdfunder is because we're going to be short of money because mm-hmm. you know and we will be able to finish it but uh you know 
our funding is set, but the price of labour materials has gone up uh, probably 20 to 30 percent in that time. So uh, it's going to be a shortfall in funding. So we're looking at ways to uh, we've got some money from another charity uh, to kind of put kind of tables, chairs, televisions, projector, screen. So, you know, I put this down as the kit out. This is showers, toilets, sinks, um, you know, that kind of thing. And, uh, yeah. you know, in reality, it, it's all just, you know, we need as much as we can in that pot. Otherwise, we, you know, all that money we've already spent uh, is going to go by the by. So we've got to start it no matter what. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're heavily invested in it. So uh, <laughs> that's where that comes yeah. from. Uh, and I had a, a phone call um, the other day uh, from a local um, community organisation who are considering um putting some funding to bump that up but basically we need ten thousand pounds in order to get match funding from sport england of another ten thousand pounds so uh, we're some way short of that but um hopefully we can uh, and we need a hundred people you know it doesn't you couldn't have one person giving 10 grand it's got to be overall it's got to be a hundred people pledging so, oh. so even if it's just 25 quid you know oh, that that'll, okay that'll go a long way you know i don't i don't care how small the amounts are um, yeah really right to, uh, well, I'm, I'm looking at it now we're, we're we're some way short of the uh the, well both the six i think there's only 16 supporters so yeah we need to um get get some more people supporting yeah. that asap i don't um, know how else to say please but uh, yeah, yeah even if it's small it doesn't have to be you know 500 quid like you know one person's done you know there are some prizes there that you can win for the different yeah, level. i i have to admit I did look at that very quickly, the two season tickets, but they went very quickly. <laughs> but yeah, there's various other things on there. So yeah, um, do, do, do the sport. I'll be obviously tweeting it out again, but um, I think it's, it says there's 15 days left. So hopefully we'll um, be able to catch that up, I guess, I think, or extend that. Yeah. Um, now, he's, he's <laughs> right. If I could give you a magic wand, okay, and say right every single one of the community of the, of the foundation's objectives are going to be completed and you can pack up and go home what mm. what does the world look like and what 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 changes have been made for for the foundation or is it all ongoing um things like like you say about going into the schools talking to to the, to the kids and so on so if we yeah, could just say i think somebody like um like stephen preedy who's been with us for many years um, started out uh, playing for the disability team, coaching for the disability team, and you know has really has really flourished. You know he's had an important part to play, helping me organise the walking football. And he comes in and helps at the ground. You know if I need kit moving about or something tidying up. And just to say that the you know Steve's had a number of, uh, of issues with with health and mental health. And just to see you know cases like that, somebody that can come to you with that that just wants to join in and uh you know and flourish you know because of the environment that you've created so you know that, that steve king created that you know hopefully that that i and others have, have helped him so you know cases like that if you can it's all right saying you know doing your kpis for your application saying you know <clears throat> we've had 100 kids through the door in the last month <clears throat> 50 of them came back twice uh, they all uh, completed the program for nine months that's great but you know what? What's their individual stories? What did they? What did they get from it? They're, they're the. That's the legacy that you want the foundation to uh, to make a difference. You know, um, Chris has got some some chaps that who are uh, and girls that are leaving. Uh, they've been in. They've been in care. So now they're eighteen. They've got to not completely fend for themselves. But now, where do they go? You know, it's not something I'm fully aware of. But you know, can you make a difference there? You know, Chris has uh, has provided some sort of coaching courses for those guys. You know, can they come and help at the foundation? Just you know, sim you know, the the simple sort of human story is the is the important part. Yeah. So you possibly preempted this question, um, but this is going to be the last one to wrap up for you. What's been the most rewarding part of it for you? What what keeps you motivated to to get up in the morning? So I think you possibly answered that but um... yeah, no, it was just really nice going on there so the little box of books and you said you're going into a school and you think i'm out of my comfort zone but the teachers are lovely uh peter fear's brother's the caretaker so you kind of feel it you know he's a big sutton fan so as soon as you walk in the door people are pleased to see you they think well that's nice and then you sit with the kids and and then you realize that you know they're all really nice and well disciplined and um you know and they just want you to talk about books and you're thinking well, that's so bad, is it? Because I like, you know, I read a lot. I don't ever remember what I've read, but 
uh, I've read, and it was just nice to talk about what I'd read as a kid. And uh, I just thought, uh, yeah, there's worse things I could be doing, certainly. So. Were you were you a little bit worried what Eastie was going to get up to? Well, as you know, he's, <laughs> he had his game face on, so he was, I think he was more scared of the kids than I was. So, uh, <laughs> just uh, thought it was going to slide in on someone. No, no. <laughs> yeah, now, now know what Stephen Gerrard did. Uh, <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, Excellent. Thank you very much for your time and fitting me in between talking to the Premier League and uh, all the other bits that you have to do. <laughs> Appreciate that. That's um, really nice. more, more than welcome and I'll see you soon. Thank Good. you. Thanks, Mike. Cheers. And that's it for this episode. Thanks for everyone for listening. Thanks for Bobby for his time. Don't forget to let us know what you think of the show on any of the socials. Please like, share, follow, comment on um, any of them with at Sutton Podcast. Um, please subscribe to the podcast on any of your preferred platforms and make sure you stay up to date with the latest episodes and you can do a review while you're there as well. Um, until next time, thanks for listening. Take care. Bye-bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.